Hello and welcome to the C-Suite Hot Seat. My name is Saf Malik, reporter at Capacity Media. This is the brand new monthly podcast from the Capacity Editorial Team, featuring exclusive interviews with C-Suite executives from across the wider telecoms tech and ICT landscape. Join us as we talk all things technology, infrastructure, finance and strategy. For our first episode, I'm delighted to be joined by Anna Nakashidze, CEO of Azir Telecom. Anna, thank you for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you for this opportunity. Anna, you've been with Azir Telecom for over four years now and became CEO of the company in June 2020. Talk us through your time at the company and the transition to becoming CEO in the midst of the pandemic. Um, so I've, I've joined uh, I've joined Azir Telecom over uh, four and a half years ago. But before I would like to introduce the company as a telecom is a leading telecom services provider in Azerbaijan. It's uh, one of three operators that is um, on the wholesale market in country and licensed to do so. It connects Azerbaijan to uh, the world um, and provides services such as um, wholesale internet, data services, international gateway services. Uh, so it's a full scale uh, uh, wholesale services provider in, in, in Azerbaijan. And I've uh, joined the company in 2018 and I've been appointed as CEO in uh, 2020. Uh, since that time, we've seen a lot of challenges, um, challenges with the business, uh, evolving uh, scale, uh, evolving um, types of the services that were required on the market. We've seen pandemics um, and we've also gone through um, several rounds of uh, organizational transformation and the business streamlining. So, yes, it has been a very challenging time, but at the same time, it has been a very interesting and engaging um, um, kind of uh, task and, and the journey. And I'm glad to see that uh, we've uh, come out um, uh, after pandemics and you know the regional changes and the shifts at a stronger place, a better equipped to serve uh, a country and the region. And what is the landscape of the telecoms market like in Azerbaijan? Well, uh, Azerbaijan is um, uh, quickly developing, um, uh, has a quickly developing and evolving uh, telecoms market. Um, it is uh, developing in um, in the mobile. When you look at the retail market, obviously there is a mobile sector, strong mobile sector, and a fixed line fiber optic deployment going, um, you know, throughout the country. And um, also in terms of the telecom sector, we are not far from where we uh, where the whole world is in terms of providing um, um, network as a service security services so all the all the new services that um, that market uh, is hungry for at this moment and Anna in 2018 as telecom implemented a digital silkway project to develop a modern transit fiber optic infrastructure network connecting Europe to central and South Asian markets through Georgia and Azerbaijan mm -hmm. where did the name come from and how is that project progressing well um, as a telecom is a part of the Nexo holding, the holding that implements um, many interesting and fascinating projects. And uh, we can say proudly that uh, Digital Silkway is one of those projects that would be um, key for the regional uh, development um, 
So it, it is not only Azerbaijan, but also would have a greater impact. I believe this is uh, in a historic DNA of the region and um, to, to, to be on the crossroads of connectivity and to be on the crossroads of the cultural exchange. And, um, you know, the digital era is um, not far from, from where it all started. And uh, we believe we have um, a clear role and um, fascinating project that would connect Central Asia, Southeast Asia with Europe with the um, shortest route and stable route. Thanks for that, Anna. I know you can't go into much detail for that. Um, but as you know, we're now in March and um, this is the month of International Women's Day, which is on March the 8th. Uh, ahead of that day, I wanted to get your thoughts on how progressive you thought the telco industry was on female leadership. Well, um, well as, as a female leader of uh, telco, uh, of, of company, um, I hope to see more female leaders um, in, 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 in telco business. I've seen a lot of progress, you know, um, back in a time when I was starting the presence of the females in, in, in telcos at, at, at all levels, uh, you know, whether it would be um, a, a specialist engineering position or the executive uh, position was very rare. Now I see more and more, uh, more women participating um, though um, the further uh, we go in careers, I think less women we see in uh, hierarchies, like in, in more managerial or executive positions. And I would definitely love to see change in that. I see a lot of momentum and I see a lot of commitment to the goals. And we, as, as a telecom and Nexol, are committed to that. And I'm uh, proud to say that we do and contribute uh, a lot to the ch to this change in in culture globally. Probably not 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 only within the scales of of the country, but in terms of the of the global experiences of how women are participating in the STEM careers and um, how they are advancing in careers. Do you feel like there are challenges specific to female executives within the telecoms industry? If so, what are these challenges? Well, uh, definitely the challenges are there. Um, the challenges are there in terms of um, uh, perceptions. Um, there are barriers that we female executives have to have to overcome to be heard, um, because you know there is. Um, um, there is um, unconscious bias in, in, in the industry is in a technology for, for female participation. And um, in terms of, of the challenges um, that we have as females is that, um, first of all, we have to lead by example. And I believe in, in this, that, you know, if you lead by example, then you create a pathway for the next females that, that could come after you. So the challenge is to go through and advance in career and at the same time to create a path on enable kind of uh, the, the next uh, generations of females. But at the, at the same time, while being there and understanding the complexity of the issue to try to create a systems or 
balances or cross checks and balances in such a way that would ensure not only um, more female but a fair uh, representation of the female engineers or the females in, in, in STEM careers. You mentioned STEM professions in your last answer. Um, I wanted to know why do you think more women are choosing STEM professions and how can we get more women into those professions? Well, I've, I've, I myself, I'm, I'm committed to, to encourage uh, more girls to participate in, in STEM careers. I try to speak to uh, the girls and aspiring um, students who are thinking of deploying into to go through that career path, but in, in terms of in terms of why is it important for emails females or why they are participating, I think there has been a lot of discouragement of female participation before, and um, even from very childhood, like it's 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 from from the kindergarten level at the at the school age or at your at the university, like. Um, there was a study that was uh, conducted in Ukraine, I believe, where they've questioned school age or you know kindergarten age uh, pupils to draw uh, the professions, and um, certain professions were attributed to male. So th- there is a conscious unconscious bias there in in our upbringing that brings that you know that understanding that some professions or this time is for for male only and i think once we remove that unconscious bias and limitations or the discouragement from the education upbringing so it's not only institutional but it's also family-based upbringing right so if you remove that um restrictions that i think it's it, it naturally happens that women want participate in in STEM careers as well. Likewise, they participate in, in in other careers. So it's not that more women are um, kind of realizing that you know STEM is something to to uh, to go for. Yes, it is there, but also what I want to say that it's very natural. It's not that. Um, it's something that has to be pushed for or pressured. But I believe that if you remove uh, unnecessary restrictions, it happens naturally. And the better representation and balance we have, like it's it's given, right? There has been there have been so many studies that have concluded that diversity in in the workplace and in education creates a better. Uh, outcomes, whether it would be in education or at at work in in companies um, that creates, that brings better results to to the company. So again, this is natural. Remove the barriers and and the female participation will increase. The less the barriers will be in future, more participation we will see there. And it's natural. Anna, we really appreciate your time today on C-Suite Hot Seat. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much. Um, I thank you for this opportunity, especially speaking um, ahead of International Women's Day. I uh, want to congratulate all women with this day, um, and um, especially women in STEM and engineering careers. I would love to see more women in our careers and believe it will be so. So once again, happy International Women's Day. And thank you. Once again, thanks a lot, Anna. Really appreciate your time today. 
Join us next time where we'll be speaking to Ericsson's Catherine Ainley, CEO of Ericsson UK and Ireland, and Blessing McCombe, Vice President and Head of Digital Services for Ericsson UK and Ireland.